think I ruined it because I was rushing to the Zoom meeting. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, you didn't have to. You could have actually made the lasagna while you were. No, no, no. What the... <laughs> I don't cook that often anyway. <laughs> we found a way to do virtual lasagna because you're talking about an Italian food that's not like I can't just... I. Reach out and touch it and eat it, right? Yeah, virtual lasagna. Is there a way to zoom that in? So, Marina, they, Marina, they're working on some technical stuff, but you can meet Felicia and Pam. Hi. Uh, they're they're going to be. How are we doing today, tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm worried that I messed that lasagna up. To be oh, honest, man. that is for a uh, tomorrow picket picnic. Uh, I don't know if you usually have lasagna at a picnic. I just the only thing I know <laughs> I can make, kind of. <laughs> so you could well, let me go. Twenty twenty. Anything goes now in twenty twenty. <laughs> yes. Let me know if I if I did I freeze at all, Mo? Uh, you did not freeze. Okay, I was trying you to get my um, Ethernet cable thing. Cause I've been freezing lately. Oh, really? But I turned my TV off. I turned everything off that uses the Wi-Fi. But um, I'm just gonna look in my oven. I can still hear you. Okay. <laughs> I just I, I don't know if I did this right. I think I think everybody's getting yeah. situated here before they do the rundown. Yeah. The rundown. Ooh, fancy. Hey, you know. Well, let me get my water then before we do the rundown. Okay. All right. Well, when Maya's ready, you know. She's going to well, be here in a second. But meanwhile, everyone can um, reintroduce themselves to Marina Franklin. Hi. I'm sorry. I'm just going to put a little more pasta sauce in here, and then I'll be right there. This is the reason why I'm not married. Because lasagna is difficult. It's not actually. That's the thing. It's so easy. I didn't know it was this easy. Well, I didn't know lasagna could keep a marriage. I, I thought it was. Uh... Oh yeah. Well, that explains it. I can't cook me? it, and I doesn't. I never <laughs> marry so. Maya, where's your sound? Maya, turn on your unmute your thing. Yeah, you, you unmute. I said, who's making lasagna? Does anyone need a recipe? The Italian has officially signed on. Oh, no. That, let's stop talking lasagna around the real Italian. <laughs> yeah, I know. Here, here I come to be completely obnoxious. What are you talking about? Nobody, you, you call that, you call that lasagna? That's I what, call it lasagna. You like, call that lasagna, it's not lasagna. I use my tomatoes and pasta sauce. Well, you're in, New, you're in New York and you're from Chicago. So the one thing is I know that um, it's going to be uh, delicious because um, New York and Chicago both have the right taste buds. Nothing worse than somebody with the wrong taste buds. You know what I'm Amen. saying? Amen. <laughs> Heather, can you? <laughs> You switching cameras on that? Is that set? I am uh, I'm not seeing switched. Okay. Well, that's on your side. That's not on my side. My side. What's up? Okay. So anyway, yeah. So wait, where's Mikey? 
He's not coming Mike, tonight. He can't, oh. he couldn't get home in time. So, so oh, I'm surrounded by a bunch of smart women. Am I? You are. Uh, yes, you are. you are. How can you handle it? <laughs> so glad you said that. I, I'm, I'm going to be quiet today. <laughs> <laughs> I got no guys to protect. Can you tell that to the rest of the men in the world? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Heather, you're recording, right? I've been recording. We got it oh. all. I love it when we all come in and no one can figure out how to work for stuff, which is me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me let me just try to pretend I'm a host, everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome to our show. I'm Maya DiGiorgio. Yes, you might know me from comedy, but here I am with all of my favorite people, and this is my favorite people show. So uh, we have our favorite people. The camera is switching over to Heather McConnell. She is um, one of our co-hosts on this. Say hello, Heather. Hello. How was your week, Heather? Yeah. Was your was your week good? My week was uh my week was good. It was product well no it wasn't productive. I wish I could say it was productive. It's only <laughs> Tuesday. How productive can it be? <laughs> so it was mildly productive, yeah. We're not on week. the same we're not on the same pandemic pressure. So right. um also joining us, which is the producer of the show, uh Masavia Greer, who is um has been our therapist through the years. Uh, if you're a comedian, he has been the guy in your corner. So um, to, it's perfect. He's like the comedy therapist that's always uh, doing. So he's now the producer of this because um, I can't get it together enough to continue it. Masavia, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm fantastic. Wow. I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We also have, in case you don't know, everyone doesn't know, my homie from my comedy days back to the Uptown, Pamela Greer, rated PG, comedian. Say hello, Pamela. Hello, how are we doing, everyone? Okay, so everybody knows who that is. And, and then we have a, a wonderful, a wonderful friend that is now going to be part of our regular uh, broadcast, which I hope, Felicia Chappelle. Felicia, what's up? How's Ohio? Oh, H, everything's good over here. I'm fine, thanks. And we have our special guest for today, which is Marina Franklin. What's up, Marina? Hi, thank you for calling me special. (laughs) (laughs) How is everything? I haven't seen you in so long. Um, What have you been up to? How's the, the New York treating you? Are you in New York or are you in Chicago? I'm not sure. Yes, I am in Harlem, New York. I'm on Frederick Douglass Boulevard, but maybe they should change it to something else because it's not like Frederick yes. Douglass anymore. It's more like Felicia or Karen. <laughs> Felicia. <laughs> Don't say Karen. They're going to call the cops. Don't say Karen. That's what Felicia. I'm saying, though. Felicia's this is, hiding it's a in lot. Ohio from the other Felicias. <laughs> a lot of, it's a lot of Karens on, on my block. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Me my. And, me included. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm a little bit of a letter writer. <laughs> you guys think I'm kidding? I have a sign right now that I'm about to put in the lobby for the tenants to unite. Are you serious? What are they, what are they uniting for? Is it windows, heat, air conditioning? Noise pollution. Noise pollution. Noise. It's from it's from all the Karens calling the police at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like noise pollution in your building, outside, right street, underneath outside. my uh, window. They're about have to you, open up a beer garden. 
Oh. Marina, have you had that fireworks uh, uh, debacle? I mean, yep. has it been, have they been annoying you too? Yeah. Not as much as the people. Uh-oh. Freeze. Oh, Handle. The people, I can't. Oh, I oh. know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot. How, well, that's why, that's why Felicia's staying in Ohio, right, Felicia? <laughs> it's quiet over here. <laughs> it's quiet over here. Oh, Felicia, moving in. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Pam moved upstate, too. She had it with Left Rack City, so she took off. Yeah, I had to get out of there, Left Rack City. It was like, Iraq. <laughs> oh, gosh. So what's going on? So tell us, uh, people who don't know you, um, you're a brilliant comedian that's been on so many different shows and networks. And uh, how are you handling? Uh, how are you handling like the comedy world while you're um, in your art while you're in the in lockdown? Is there anything that's changing for you? Well, I freeze a lot more um, during these Zoom calls. <laughs> um, so that's changed a lot more. I I know how to freeze. Um, usually when I say it, I actually do freeze, but it didn't happen. So that's a good thing. Um, I just finished my, my special single black female, which is an hour special, which I actually taped in 2018, which was on Amazon prime is still is on Amazon prime is now was last week was on the CW network on a Tuesday. And then it was rated number five in the ratings. So that was awesome great because I wasn't sure if anyone got to see it and they finally did so that was great it was like 330,000 people saw the special so yeah. that was incredible and that was nice to happen during a pandemic I'm actually enjoying this pandemic no <laughs> <laughs> this is sounds great I'm having a really great time um no, you know what? It's the first time I realized I love being single and I was like, oh, I did everything right because I'm not bothered by anyone. I don't have to be responsible for anyone. And I've actually become more focused on my podcast, which is doing really is doing even better now. Friends like us I'm able to have people on. I should have you on Maya soon. Oh, I would love it. And it's, you know, it features women of color. So during this, it's even more important. So certain things have become more focused and other things have not. So like today I had to tell myself it was Tuesday three times at least. <laughs> I didn't know what day it was. And the only way I really know what day it is is from my, my vitamin pill packs <laughs> so yeah and then i'm on this uh, tbs tournament of laughs it's a competition show but not really it's like a tongue-in-cheek competition show but we had to film sketches in our own home which was that you want to know about the disparity between white and black comics just <laughs> notice <laughs> the background of our homes versus their homes <laughs> um and so that's just where it is and then they we find out next sunday who's going forward and who's not i mean i already know but you know <laughs> you know i said to myself never to do another competition show after last comic standing but 
what was I doing? I wasn't doing anything. So I fe- it gave me something to do and it was fun. I was able to develop a character that I, an alter ego on Instagram that I used to kind of heckle comedians. They didn't know it was me because it's a filtered version of who I am. Oh, that's great. Well, I, you know, that makes me feel better because I have some people heckling me online all, all last three days. And, but I don't think they realize that when you're a comedian, you have people heckling you online and you handle them like a heckler. You know what I'm saying? You handle yes. them like a heckling. Well, I just, I would say things like, uh, like Todd Berry would list all his show dates. <laughs> and then I would go underneath it and comment and say, so when can I see you live? <laughs> Which is... <laughs> the most annoying thing you ever want to hear mm-hmm. like you just Marina. you just listed all the dates and then so no because i'm so filtered i mean it kind of looks like me but not really so he had asked other comics he goes who's this person <laughs> and some of the comics knew they were like it's marina <laughs> start commenting on your page so it's just fun to do that let me ask you this when the the clubs and when everything gets back to normal what are you going to talk about like i mean it's you know this is not the first time for me having to come off of something after taking a break i mean last year it's kind of known some of you don't know but i had breast cancer last year i'm surviving it's okay don't get sad and um so yes indeed congratulations baby thank you yes Thank you. Yes. Uh, Mo Savia, actually, you hooked me up with your friend. Um, my, yeah, my ex-wife. Oh, can I say that? I didn't know. Yeah. I don't know. what. I don't know. I figured you, I don't know what the situation is. But We're fine. You, <laughs> okay. What, so what I you said, saying, I said friend because I didn't know what to say. I was like, oh. I think I'm, friend is safe, right? <laughs> this is why I'm bad at parties because I don't Listen. know how to introduce people. It's okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. So they all know you. They, they. Yes. They do. They all know. Yeah. yeah. So it's a small circle of. Well, no, it's a large circle of, of women who have breast cancer, and so a lot of my friends, you know, helped me out during that time. Yumi, she helped me out a lot, and I took a lot of time off anyway. Um, but I did work more than this. Yeah. So I worked straight through. No one knew I had breast cancer. And I was you even helped her out a lot too, by the way. She's, she said the same. You know? Yeah, she's cheered up a lot yeah. more. She's, yeah, she was. You know, oh, I mean, before that, it was. Yeah, I was. I, I, I didn't know she was going to get through a lot. So. Yeah, she's, she's, she's different women. You know, they're just, it's different. Yeah. It's an interesting. Mm-hmm. I call them my BCFs, my breast cancer, cancer friends. Yeah. And all of them are probably more prepared for this than anyone because they know how to one take a break um two they they already know that life ain't forever and they know how to take care of themselves they have all of the you know nutritional advice that's out there so so yeah so this was not um a difficult thing to do because of that it's a weird thing to say but you know thank god i had breast cancer you know, in a way, because it's like a big reality check. And then mm-hmm. I would get on stage and I started talking about it. 
and I have about a good 20 to 30, maybe 40 minutes, you know, mm. if I pause long enough. It's <laughs> a lot of pausing. But, you know, I would practice it at the Fat Black Pussycat. I would practice that material. I would go on stage. So I knew how to come from a place where I wasn't on stage with material that I was developing while at home. You know, so I think it's the same thing. It's like coming out of this is just about talking about the same things that I've, I tell stories. So that's really all it is. It's coming from a, a real situation and, and telling those stories. That's and making it, it funny. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think pain can be a brilliant humor sometimes if you, oh, if you're yeah. willing to step into it i think know. it's it's great when you start when you start you know early enough where when you're uh, handling comedy uh that when you're working you're not um you might not have all these heavy things that are in your life so you develop a comedy style and you develop your voice and then life starts to happen and then it becomes trying to you know you get you get the ability to use these tools that are already crafted uh Who's, who lives by a train? Is I was <laughs> like, somebody lives by a train. And, I, and I'm like, is there a train outside of my place? I thought it was back in Brownsville, Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. That must, that must be what Marie is thinking about. Because, because Felicia is if you actually live on a train. You know, speak up. Feel free to reach out if you live on the train. Yeah, Felicia's in a flood. So she's, in, she's in an ark right yeah, now. Yeah, I had a flood today. I did. It's true. <laughs> um, I did hear a train. Yes. Finished. Yeah, but it's it's been interesting. <laughs> I, I find a lot of the you know a lot of really challenging things that came through in my life, and then it, it, it changes why you do it. I think in some ways, like I'm finding, for me, um, getting back up and saying, "Well, I'm going to do this just to be famous," as opposed to like, "No, I have something to say," and when I can go and I can bring that and shift a couple people's thought, thoughts in that room, especially in a comedy room. If I'm discussing something and people come up and said, you know, I really needed to hear that. Like that was something, I learned something in that today. That's kind of what's been motivating me myself to get back out there. You know, I mean, I, I, I stopped for a long time with just so much, um, so much life drama and uh, now getting back and finding that also too, if I only have so much time on stage, I want to talk about something that really matters as opposed to, you know, putting other people down and attacking each other and, you know, ego comedy. I think that, and, and right now, I think that this has turned into an amazing time where we can actually, uh, we have so much important, so many important things to talk about. So I think that there was a time before all this happened where people were dealing with a lot of fluff topics and that was kind of getting a lot of the attention. And now people are so hungry just to hear something real that they don't really care so much if um, they don't really care so much if it's, if it's, um, you know, if, even if it's funny or not, they just are hungry for something. And I think this is kind of a good, it's been a good time for me too, because I'm able to reevaluate uh, where I stand and, and, you know, my values and other people are starting to take on the important topics. And because everyone's sitting quietly enough, they're able to see the, you know, the George Floyd stories and pay attention where they're not running on, and, you know, so it's, it's, it's just turned into an interesting time. My, you know, I feel the same thing. I feel like my, my, time in, uh, my time in this pandemic has been a time of saying, okay, it's time for me to grow as a person 
uh, and as an artist, but most of all as a person. You know, um, we were we were pulled over to do comedy over at the Laugh Factory here in LA, and and I remember going on three and four times uh, and going back there, and it got to a point where it's like it became really clear of what am I saying, because there's no audience in front of you to influence you being cool with this crowd or not being with this crowd. You really get to say, well, this is who I am. And if, if um, it started to make me start to rethink, like, what am I presenting? Where am I bringing these people? And, you know, so that's where I am. I am definitely relating on that. And it's inspiring to hear all that you've been going through and just still in it on the mic and, you know, and doing what and winning where people can even see your shows, uh, your special now taking off. That's kind of incredible. Yeah, it's it nice. It's also like, you know, I'm probably the worst person you could give cancer to because I'll use it. Uh, <laughs> I'll make you feel bad. <laughs> I love it. You can't help a whole person with cancer and get away with it, really. I mean, you can, you can but yeah, I'll make you feel bad. So <laughs> that's the only thing about the pandemic. I was like, oh no, everyone else is going to have a story. <laughs> I was like, no, cancer first. <laughs> so. Oh, I know. And and you still, every time you went through a lot of things, you still continue to do comedy. You just, it seems like that was your way to sort of get over whatever hump. Like you didn't stop. You just kept like, I'm get, I'm going to do comedy. This is going to help me get through it. Like you, you've been through some serious shit. And I and I've seen you, and I would always want to say, how the fuck did you do that? You know, like it's in you. I think it's either in you or it's not. I mean, I don't think everyone has that. I think some people come come from really tough life experiences and they don't handle it well. They get, you know, some people are just they're just different, and that's the thing. It's like for me, you know the tough times taught me how much of a comic I actually was because I still was doing it. And I was still make like, I think when my sister passed, you know, years ago, yeah. people would ask me, what do I you need? That. Yeah. People would oftentimes say, Marina, anything you can, I can do for you. I'm there for you. And I would say, give me some Popeye's chicken. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they would be like, "Are wait, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, motherfucker, you asked me. You said anything. And I'm telling you, this is what it is. And then they, they told me later, they were like, oh, I, I was like, oh, Marina's going to be fine because she's still joking around. And I was like, I've, you know, like even when my dad passed, like at, at his funeral, my friends came and they were all crying and looking at me and I was like imagine how I feel you know so it's like I can still <laughs> I can still like in moments of really serious stuff even in my dad's like hospital bed you know in his room my best friend her name is Isis it's I'm not part of the cult that's, <laughs> that's her real name um, but she was in the hospital room with me with my dad, you know, and I mean, she was passing so much gas and I was like, listen, I know it's you. 
it's not coming. For, I know it's you. Why are you doing this? My dad is on his desk and you're passing, like you couldn't have ate better. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're just laughing and we're, that's just who we always been. And then it's, it's interesting to find out later in life that this is who you really have always been. And this is, you found the right path. Yeah, I agree with that. I've been like, I, I remember um, I went into, drove to El Paso and then they said that there was some kind of abscess. My face blew up and they're like, you could die at any minute. And the, and it was an emergency they had because it was an abscess in my jaw. And if it blew up, then that was it, like that fast. And, and the time is of the essence. And I literally was, till they knocked me out, had them, I couldn't, I can't stop being, when I'm freaked out, my funny just goes. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's the only, it's the thing that keeps me going. Like I can just, I can't turn off being funny when something horrible happens. And, um, <clears throat> and that's funny. I was like, damn, I wish I was as funny as, uh, on stage as <laughs> when, when I'm, when I'm having a medical emergency or something, you know? Um, but I do find it kind of a triumph because, you know, like I, you know, I lost my mom when I was really young and, um, now I, I actually have a, I have a bit that I do about you know, the, actually the like the moment of my mom transitioning and the room gets so like weirdly not sure where to go, but the second across that punchline finish line when that room breaks up laughing, then it's just it's a, I think it's like the highest satisfaction to be able to say I can make them I can take them in some place and go all the way down and then just give them something real and, and it connects everybody. So you're not scared to go anywhere, <clears throat> you know? So I definitely, I definitely. Yeah, I, I, I find that, I mean, and just being an observationist, but in, in, in this comedy business and show business in general, I think when you have tragedies or things come in your life, it can even make you or break you, you know? And I've seen some really talented, great people almost there but they couldn't handle that moment. And it, they just, it ended. You know, you're like, what What happened? Like, you're right there. You're at the finish line. Yeah, Boom. yeah. And that one thing can take you away from what your focus, because you just can't allow yourself to, it's how you handle these situations. And I, I admire it, because I don't know if I could do it. You know, I, I don't think I could, you know? Yeah, wow. I think I think it's it, even with it, it, like even looking at what what Heather has been doing lately. Um, you know, we we went. I I know Heather uh, Marina from we made a, that documentary together years ago, and then we started numerous businesses that got destroyed, and they had people hacking us and going through all this drama of shutting down all our businesses. Pam was there for all of it. It was the most ridiculous years of of just trying to get something going and then just getting sacked at the finish line. And during this pandemic, it's funny because Heather has been tapping because she's really a tap dancer. She, so she, she's really from the hoofing scene from between Vegas and New York. And it's really hilarious because Heather's always very, very serious. But now that she's been online taking these <laughs> Zoom classes with the guys from Noise Funk and this, and I'm like, Heather is funny all day. Now it's kind of like, it's kind of a little obnoxious because she's even, <laughs> she's, she's saying funny stuff that is like, ow, like Pam, like how Pam from Uptown would snap. Pam used to like make Mike Epps cry. That's how hard Pam used to snap. So I got Heather saying stuff like, damn, your hair looked like, you told me today my hair, what's up with your hair? It looks like you, looks like you had a perm from the 80s, one of those bad white people perms. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was, 
<laughs> but it's funny because it all is this healing resolve when you come back to your creativity and stop thinking about the business and stop thinking about, you know, you're doing it because this is who you are, like you're saying, Marina, as opposed to thinking like, well, this project didn't make it. And I feel like Los Angeles has done that very much to um, the business of me and Heather, all of our scripts and stuff. It's about who can pitch this, who can get that, who can get in the door, who can get the deal, as opposed to this is pandemic has been like, what do we want to do? Do we want to write this project? Do we want to finish that project? Do you want to, you know, it's, it's been, she's like, it's funny because it's like four hours. She taps like four hours a day. And then she's like nice to everybody. She's usually very like, mm, what do you want? Very German sometimes. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't even know. She's usually a bitch, but now no, she's when, nice. <laughs> when you're doing what you love. Oh, I know she doesn't like return text. That's for sure. Yeah, well, not at seven o'clock in the morning. You know, you know, we're three hours earlier. But Felicia, as well, has had um, a tremendous life. With how many kids do you have, Felicia? Did you? <laughs> um, let me see. Um, let's see. Now. Um, <laughs> what time is it? it depends. <laughs> My mood. Sometimes I have one. No, I have four. Where are they? Four. Are they there? Yeah. So far, so good. <laughs> They're here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and now, and now you're back in theater and 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 doing what you uh, back on your trajectory for your own self. And after after all the things that all the challenges of life. So. I think you know when you when you realize how much time it takes that you have to put into something to create it. Mm-hmm. Like after we spent so much time on the film. Um, when you've spent so much time creating a project, I don't understand putting all that time and effort into creating something that has no meaning to you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of your, that's like your soul that you're, I mean, and I suppose maybe a lot of people just create, you know, for, for commercial purposes and, and, and it doesn't really take up any of their soul, but I feel like everything that I work on, it's like a piece of my soul is going into whatever I'm working on. And that's all of my time and my energy and my life energy and taking time away from other things. So it has to have some sort of meaning for me and, and feel like it's, it's going to hopefully accomplish something or reach somebody in the world. I'll tell you what, I've been clean. I haven't had a drink. Like, this is the best I've ever felt since the pandemic. Really. No, that background says you've done something. You've been clean for how long? Two days? What? <laughs> you don't come up with that background being sober. You're, 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 you don't like it? <laughs> that, that background says you've been doing something wrong. <laughs> Stop lying. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> no, I but I mean, seriously, it's like the bad influences I have not been able to be around. Like, you know, like it just, I realized. train money. <laughs> <laughs> just playing. <laughs> Bye, uh... You might have to cut that. You might have to cut that one I out. I didn't say line. who. <laughs> 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 but I'm oh, saying. I- Go on. Go, ahead, go. You go. You go. 
no no i was saying it's interesting because even like that's been the hard thing with even with heather it's been how do you what are you saying what are you saying to the world when you work you know and um and so that's why i think the pandemic time off is has not even remotely uh shifted much except for being able to really focus on what you love love like you know it's heather likes tap dancing and you know i'm finally it's like and and uh you know, thinking about projects that I always wanted to do when I was dreaming about doing them, like as a kid when, oh, I always wanted to work on my mother's play or something at that level. Um, but it's funny because when you, when you also have a writing partner and a producing partner that is got so crazy morals, you, I don't even have a choice. I can be like, yo, I got this whole project. It's hilarious. We'll sell it real fast. She's like, absolutely not. I don't like what it says. I'm like, but it's not like we're the hoes. It's like these other hoes. I will not be a party to what are you thinking about? That's what they expect women to do. Like, you know, so it's been... It's been interesting. And then there's this crazy show that I watched, which was at Mrs. America. Anyone watch Mrs. America? <laughs> Maria, have you seen no, it? So <laughs> good. It's on, it's on the feminist movement and uh, wi other women that try to stop other women in the feminist movement. And it's, oh, it's, wow. it's really, it's so deep psychologically. I mean, and they cover, they cover so every different angle. It, it was like this mind blowing thing. So now it's like, I feel like it's t a time to just take in information and, stop and look at other people's art and be inspired by other things as opposed to feeling like you're racing because you're trying to chase somebody else down because it's like oh my god the whole world is moving this fast and i'm stuck over here have you guys yeah. been um reading any interesting things lately like are you reading anything yeah. or you're writing something yeah i'm reading um iceberg slim the the oh. story of the pimp yeah oh yeah. i really? love that yes the pimp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the bluest eye. <laughs> I I love the bluest eyes. I love I read that like twice. I think it's like uh, the Iceberg Slim. I've been reading for a long time because it's like Shakespeare in a way. It's hard mm -hmm. to get the the it's, lingo. It's the down. lingo, yeah. yeah. The lingo down, yeah. Jive yeah, turkey. that jive. Mm -hmm. It's so much more than jive turkey. That's the thing I didn't know. So I have yeah. to always like flip to the back to go. What is like? Flip me a. <laughs> Put me a slide piece on the. <laughs> I'm just wondering how many white people are now reading Iceberg Slim because Dave talked about it in a special. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You know, it's I... all of like white America's like. <laughs> yes. Dive turkey. <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't even remember that he. The reason I started reading it was because of Tom Rhodes, who told me about it when I was in Amsterdam with Tony Woods, and we were like on the balcony talking about some horrible gig we had just done how they the dutch audience was going to all of our shows like more than once and it's like yeah don't go to the show again but anyway <laughs> so tom rose was like i forget why but he he was saying he was mentioning um iceberg slim and he was talking about why it's such a great book to read Mm. I was like, mm. oh, I got to pick that up. And then I, and so I finally got it. And then I just started reading it. And I've been slowly like, you know, getting through it during this pandemic. It's hard because the dialogue <laughs> is tough, but it, it is actually, it's weird because it's like a story about a pimp, but it's very informative about the world and how people hustle each other and, you know, like why we are where we are and mm -hmm. why he even did what he did and how he was actually a very freezing again. Oh no. 
Yeah, you know, I I actually got into um, I I got into my spirituality. So I started getting into. I had to do a presentation for my little church. They asked me to do some Bible reading. I was like, me? Like, is my my coin came up? <laughs> Somebody flipped the coin and landed on me. But I just found myself upset with everybody in the Bible because if I read one chapter later, they turned into a complete jerk. Like, you know what I mean? It was. It was like this whole story of how this guy finally learned his lesson. And the next chapter, boom, he went off the cliff and jacked <laughs> his life up again. So I was like, I got I to gotta stop reading these. And my, my cousin was so funny. She's like, I started reading the Bible cover to cover for spirituality. And I found myself turning off the bold and the beautiful. They were killing each other and sleeping with each other. It was like, what happened? And which one next? It was this one slept with that one who slept with that one who slept with that one who had a kid with this one and then killed that one. It was, it's, it's more than any soap opera I was willing to get myself into. I had a real hard time. I had a real hard time with these characters because by the time each chapter was finished, they were, they were in trouble again. Do you guys, do you guys not, ladies, not look at the news anymore? Are, are you, you kidding still, me? Are you still informed on everything that's going on? Everything. Um, everything. Yeah. Yeah, you, you yeah. stay updated on everything from Trump to to. Uh, I was saying that. I wake nope, up saying I don't watch it at all. I like watch. I watch like ten minutes a day. That's it. Or I check in. Like I have email in, inboxes where I source my stuff and I absorb as much information as I can from this from that source, and then I cut myself off like a junkie. Do you feel like you're safer because you're in Ohio? Huh? You feel like you're safer because you're in Ohio? Sure. Heck like yes. if the world Heck goes yes, to hell in a handbasket, it's, <laughs> it's very quiet. It'll take too long. It'll take a long time for it to get to you. So that way, <laughs> no, it's here. It's definitely here. But like, I called my friend in LA, and it was literally like, oh, hold on, and it was like, it was like mm-hmm. all these noises, and I'm going, what is good? That is not a blender, and you're not making a smoothie. I mean, it just sounded like <laughs> they were like. It was just a lot of noise. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, maybe I should call you back later. And I was like, what are you doing? And I'm just realizing that people are having really different experiences in different places. Like we're having different experiences. None none of the people that I've talked to when I call just in other cities, let alone other areas of the country, we're not having the same experience, I noticed. So I've been relying on like photographs or anything live. Like if I see somebody who's like, okay, I'm in Seattle and I'm going live and here's where we are and we're walking down the street and I'm like, got my eyes glued to that kind of stuff. But I think we're just all having different experiences. I don't think we're having the same experience right now. Are you creating at all? Are you feeling like any kind of inspiration or do you feel like a little bit less inspired or? Um, I'm creating like a Mad Max. I'm, I'm creating like someone's about to cut my pen out of my hands. I'm just like, I, I'm creating like a maniac. I can't say it's all good, but I'm living in content. It's escapism, you know. Um, content is the way to keep alive for me. Like I can make up a story or I can make up a scenario. The only thing is follow through really, as we all know as creative people. Like I've come up with a zillion fantastic ideas lately. Um, it's, it's, it's like, it's like crack for me. It like tunes out all this other stuff. And also it's the only way to get a message out. Like I can't think without thinking about how can I communicate this, what I just saw, or this that I'm feeling, especially when you're talking about, you know, our bodies and our lives and all this lack of boundary. And, you know, it's just all too much for me. I'm, I'm just creating to keep alive. Like I do it like 
I do it to keep alive. I'm addicted. So, so far the content's been flowing. Some of it is literally junk. Some of it's like really dark humor or really dark stuff. It's like, oh God, I can't do anything with that, but it's coming out. Sure. Yeah. Kind of like That's diarrhea. Important. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You gotta get it out, right? You gotta get it out. <laughs> So, Maureen, I wanted to ask you this. Who are, do you like the younger comics that you see today? No, no, I'm joking. I, um... <laughs> <laughs> I make up with them when they, they annoy me. They annoy me sometimes. No, um, let's see. Who do I like? You know what I, I have found? There is one crew, Keith Robinson calls them his young money crew. Uh, this young money crew but they they're in, they inspire me because they they're great friends to each other and they're all very talented it's with Derek Gaines um and uh look I'm forgetting their names Monroe Martin uh Chloe Hilliard is part of that group and um they're just like and Ian, Ian Fidance is another one who's part of that group. Um, I'm missing someone. Uh, but they they support each other. They write together. They're funny. Mm. Um, I, I haven't seen that in a lot of, like, groups. And I, mm. I, I remember that of older comedians. Like, but of my generation, we, we didn't, like, my generation didn't really write together like that and didn't hang that tough together. We, we all loved each other, but we were all very different, like mm -hmm. and separate from each other and distant, but their group hangs out really tough. Like it's nice to see that camaraderie. Like there's the other, other two uh, or three girls, Amina, Amani, Sydney, Washington, and Marie Faustin. Wow. I haven't heard of any of them. They've run the Knitting Factory on Sundays. They, Hannibal Buress used to do it, and he passed it on, and then the other guys passed it on to, like, these sisters. It was nice to see black women hosting a show that was successful in Brooklyn. So, and they're, and they're really friends. They're not, like, pretend friends, which, mm. you know, I, I like to say Hollywood likes the idea of friends in a reality show or in a you know, funny girl situation, but these are real friends. And I think that's even better than what I'm seeing now. It's like, you're just like trying to get this, like, can you guys be friends and be funny? And then let's make a show about it. It's like, these girls are really friends. They're really funny and they're very talented and they're, um, they're social media influencers. They know how to work their own and they're extremely intelligent. Like I love what they're doing, you know? So yeah yeah i find that as well with the comedians in los angeles it's it's really been hard to find like a good friend group and and that's why i'm kind of excited that people are accepting zoom shows as real shows because it's like all my friends are on the east coast you know when i like i i would write with like pam when pam and i when i first came up pam pam and i came from uptown comedy club and i remember all of my first like what two years of jokes I didn't trust and was this funny is this funny you just roll into shows and I, I think um that my friends on the New York comedy circuit have been have been my lifelong friends whereas uh out here it uh, nobody really 
you know, they'll be nice to you for five minutes and then no, nobody really checks on each other or everyone's so much in their own lane and so separated. Do you kind of feel like you're in a fishbowl out here? Mm. I yeah, mean, how I do have you feel about that. the industry now though? How do you feel about the industry? Like a real feeling, like how does it make you feel going forward from this point on? Who, me? You know what I mean? Yeah. About the and industry. To you, Maya, too, as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you mean like it, to the young comics or just in general? How are just they? Just in general, the industry. Enter, entering it now, being where you are in the industry. I mean, do you feel much uh, more comfortable now that you are branding yourself and you're making your name is there as opposed to when you're trying to get in the industry? It's like a sort of a uh, always not so sure feeling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think I know how to say no to things more now. I don't feel the pressure of, I don't know if that's a good thing, but I, I don't feel like I need them. I feel like they need me as opposed to like when I first started, it was like, oh, like me, like me. Is someone going to like me? And now it's like, you should like me. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you don't, mm -hmm. that's your, like, you're missing out. You know, you should. Especially now, there's such a um, in in New York City with specifically Black female comics, and I stress that because I think the Black female comic is the most disadvantaged in this industry. Um, and but I I feel like right now they are finding their voices and they're making it heard that they're not being looked at enough and they're not being heard enough and they're they want a special too they want an hour special they want 15 minutes they want to tell their stories so i feel like that that group wasn't there for me when i first started and that conversation wasn't even talked about whereas in the industry now especially coming out of this pandemic because i am listening to a lot of black women in comedy who are really tired of not being heard and not being seen and not given the opportunities. And they see through all of the stuff the industry can do to make it seem like they're giving you the opportunity, but not really. So I do feel like in that way, I'm really looking forward to, you know, what happens after this whole pandemic, if it ever ends, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but I am really I, excited to see what happens yeah mm -hmm. and Maya to you I mean how do you see it I mean seriously being being in the crux of it and working I, in it I, I'm you know it's it, it, Marina's kind of inspiring because I'm I, I I feel like this last week almost it's been for the first time uh, starting to get to an unapologetic place and I think that when I started, I was so fearless because I didn't have a choice because I was going to get chased off the stage when we were working, like Pam knows, when we were working Uptown Comedy Club and, you know, Sugar Shack and uh, Peppermint Lounge and, and Pam was, Pam and I were just talking about the Apollo. And um, when I first was, th back then, everybody just booed me because of the way I looked. So it became, you know, white bitch get off the stage. And for me, it was having to wait, 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 let me explain who I am. 
Then the white rooms came and got me, all the white club owners came and got me. And then they were saying things like, which I actually have on tape, they're uh, saying, well, well, you know, you can't possibly walk through life seeing the world, you know, as, through this half black lens and that's not real of who you are. And, you know, and it's like, it was everybody who wanted me to have the experience they wanted. They wanted me to have a, you know, back then I remember um, a, uh, my manager at the time saying, well, we understand why you're disappointed about such and such. You're a young kid and you were raised in the ghetto and you had this fire in your belly and blah, blah. I was like, my, my mother performed all over the world. How all of a sudden, you know, because I identify, I am identifying as black, that all of a sudden it becomes that I have this whole ghetto history. And that it, it just, I didn't know how to articulate um, who I was and where I came from. And I think also too, coming up as, as like a, through the Def Jam world, uh, we were in a different place. It was pre-Barack Obama. It was, you had to be as thugged out and as hard as possible. And so I, I really got kind of caught in that hip hop comedy, but I couldn't only, I could only do but so much of it because it wasn't true to my experience. Um, you know, and so it took me a long time to be able to say, well, you know, how do I represent one, who I am without the influence of other people constantly telling me that I'm confused and that I don't know who I am. I just had a very unique experience. Uh, oddly, this last year I've been on, I was on the road the entire year and that, the story of my mother and you know, all the, all the um, my black family that excelled in so many wonderful things and sharing those stories, people keep asking me for more of those stories. People wanna know that journey. Um, people are accepting me, even though I do go into some places and, and I'm surprised at the reaction in, in some of these uh, audiences, but it's like, for me, I've had, I think I've, when I came back to the East Coast before the pandemic, I remember being at the Borgata and it was all like Italian audience. And the guys are like, and I look at them and all of a sudden it reminds me of the people I faced that tried to erase my mother and my past. So it was a very strange place for me to face that because I've been gone so long and come back knowing who I am and knowing the, the head game um, that, that people have put on me of like, oh, well, you look this way, so you can just pass for white and the black thing is just, you're just confused. And um, yeah, let's forget that your mother existed and they were, you were just going to pass you off as, which also adjusts, deals with me as a woman. So this, you know, I'm supposed to be a subservient woman. I'm supposed to follow a certain trend. I'm not going to defiantly I'm going to go up there and tell this audience that the black side of my family did better than the Italian side of the family, yet they couldn't accept it. So they're complex stories. Um, but I really feel as though uh, the time is so, the time is so perfect, but I've, I had to really stop trying to be funny and start to be honest um, and stop worrying about who thinks this is funny. And sometimes I've gone on stages and, and sat there and gone this last year just gone on a limb saying something that the audience just sat quietly through. And then when I finished, they go, oh, that's the best piece I ever saw. I'm like, well, okay, well, nobody laughed. <laughs> like nobody really responded. Um, but it's, it's people hearing something new. And so for me, it's been, if, if now people are going to be more aware, conscious uh, and, and aware of, um, consciousness and racial consciousness and identity and and um the and i was i was having an argument for the last three days online with the the mixed kids on facebook that are doing well we're not black we're a new group of people and we don't adhere to that so it's been it's been like um 
bringing in history, bringing in why and why I say who I am and why I develop, you know, why I've developed this voice. Do you, do you feel like you can be your more authentic self now? I mean, you figured out who you are. You, you have, have to right? get to where Marina was oh. saying, though, where you don't care. Yeah, yeah. I don't you have, care. And, which is so, like Pam called me yesterday and said, you all right? I've been seeing stuff online. She's like, I'm surprised you didn't call me. Because I'm arguing with mixed kids. I'm not arguing with black folks or white folks. I'm not gonna be scared of them little yellow kids that like or got it confused. I'm like, it's time for me to, and, and if they're turning in, if they're tuning in and they're mad at me again, it's, it's, it's because I know their experience and I understand the confusion of multiple messages coming in. So for mm -hmm. me, um, I've been in there in those shoes and growing in comedy and you're facing off an audience defining who you are every single time you walk on because they always mistake you. Mm. It's um, been an amazing, an amazing journey. So like I said, for, for, um, well, let me ask you this guys. Can I ask you something? Now, mm -hmm. does anybody have managers anymore? Is managers mm -hmm. out of the equation? It's just agents. Is that how it works now, Marina? Uh, well, my... mine left me while I was dealing with cancer treatment, believe it or not. What? So, oh yeah. Wow. Yes, he did. Wow. Yeah. What? Who is this motherfucker? Uh, I won't good... say his name. <laughs> yet. I'll find him. I will find <laughs> he him. He did you a favor. He did you a favor. Honestly. But he did. He did. I had actually just gotten off a plane doing a. Uh, I actually had just had the best experience of my life. I did a plane that was for cancer survivors. That was the gig. They didn't even know I had cancer at the time. And they had booked me for it because I was funny, not because I had cancer, thank God. And they, but who does comedy on a plane? You know, that was gonna be, that was horrifying. But I did it. <laughs> it was uh, the only four rows left, you know, but they only four rows could hear me, so. I have through seven. You know, be in the aisle if you want to see a comedy show on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was like the best experience because the audience, they were all knew what I was talking about and what I had gone through. And they were, they were beautiful people and they hugged me afterwards. And it was just to hear their stories was amazing. And I landed in Orlando, Florida. The next day I flew back to New York. I remember I was at the comedy cellar. I got a call and my manager was firing me. Why? And I was like, why? And I remember thinking, I remember at the hotel, I didn't know which room I was in. Um, I had to call the office to find out my room number. I didn't have any information you know, the stuff the managers are supposed to give you. That's mm. part of the thing. I didn't have that. And I was just asking for it. Not in a mean way, just asking for it. And I was like, it's so kind of, it's such an odd thing to, to work that hard at a gig that means so much actually to me and to get to the hotel and not have the information and you want to fire me. Wow. And um, I didn't know what to do with that. Uh, so I just was like, I guess this was saying something. I guess this is the universe saying you really didn't need this manager anyway. Um, my agent, I still have, you know, he's great. And that's all I actually need 
right now? I mean, right. what is a manager going to do for me during this pandemic that an agent can't? I mean, you know, right. th there's no road gigs for him to, to figure out. And right. uh, so I don't, I have found that I've actually been better off this time mm -hmm. without a manager. And if I were to get another manager, it would have to be someone who really knows like how to make those situations easy for me. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I should, I should never be working hard to get someone to work for me. And I should feel as if I can talk to them and I can trust them. And to be honest, that guy was really acting as if he had always been. And I was just, it's like a bad relationship. You're like, you know what? I had all the red flags and this does make sense in the first place. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if I was to do the manager thing again, I'd, it's like dating. You, you gotta like, you gotta make sure it's going to have to be someone I've known for a while, to be mm -hmm. honest. Cause you know, I'm at an age now where I can't be meeting no new people. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't be meeting no new folks. I don't really know what's in their history. <laughs> I gotta get the file on the Negro. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. Go for that. It's really Call your hard. clearance friend and get that info. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah. feel, I feel like, um, the most valuable thing out of all the years of everything that I've ever been through is just finding solid, honest people is that, that really are not, there's no agenda. And if they, and that they genuinely want you to win, that is like, that is, that to me is the most has been, it's made the best of this business where regardless of the ups and the downs that you actually had those people who are always in your corner. You know, that's why like, I always love like Masavi, I always love you and like Pam, you know, just Heather, we've all like, it's been, um, it makes it okay. Cause you're both, you're all working towards this, but that's what I, I found too. I, I started working with, um, uh, uh, Omnipop and Tom, uh, who's over at Omnipop. It's funny because when I even called Sinbad, he's like, I never heard a bad word from that team. Like they are just truly like they're honest, they're nice people. It's just like nice people. Like you look at their life and you see that they, nobody's really said things, you know, because they really genuinely cared about you and care about who they're involved with and care that can they, can they put enough time into you? And if they can't, then like he, I, I got the manager calls me up and feels bad he's upset at the pandemic because he can't make he's fo forced to how to make everybody a living you know it's like it's um he's more upset because he feels like he can't give and make your life comfortable and that's just it's just so hard to find um it's been hard to find the genuine people but i think it's easier when you're older uh because now you you can kind of see the signs but sometimes people also, they, the wrong people need to get moved out the way. Well, you know, I was, I was talking to a manager recently, a manager that's been in it. And so he was telling me that comics are smarter now. So they feel like they don't need you. And I was like, well, wh what do you mean? And he was saying, well, they can kind of make their own way now. They can create their own shows. They can 
blah, 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 blah. So they really don't need us managers. That and, dude, and just, that sounds like an ego trip because the truth is, is that this business is so much work that everyone needs to push from every angle. If your manager isn't pushing and your agent isn't pushing and your friends aren't pushing, I got friends that call me left and right, submit here, put that in there. Did you hear about such and such? You know, um, can I put in a call for you? Can I do such and such? It is like a football game. Being in this show business is like trying to get into the end zone. And then you have a defense game, but you're like, this guy can give me two yards. This other, this other one threw a Hail Mary and, and I caught it. And now I'm in the end zone. But it's like, it's constantly, and I think it's that way with people in life. You know, we are supposed to support each other, but everybody should be working to get someone to the next yard. Can, you, can I help you? Even if it's just, you need a little confidence to get to that next step. I, I, would, I would like to think that being a, being a behind the scenes guy mm -hmm. um, and not a performer, I don't think I've truly ever seen uh, uh, entertainers, let's say entertainers, actors, comedians, but I haven't, like uh, Marina said, truly friends that will say, I'm gonna look out for you and make sure you get this gig, even if I don't get it. Um, I don't think, I mean, that's my opinion. I don't know if that exists. If you guys know that it exists and it's happened with you, then you can say that, but I just don't believe that. I think that exists. I don't so think it, I don't think it may not exist on a very large scale, but I think it definitely exists. I think a lot of people that are, that are good. I think there's a lot of artists that are good, solid people. You have to find them. And while people are out for themselves, they also help protect the people around them. I don't know. I, I do think that exists. Yeah, I think also, I've too, that the other level... I have level... to check my lasagna. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I smell I, it. I just want to make sure. We want to see you. We want to see it. Exactly. We want to see it. I want to see it. I don't know if you want to see this. <laughs> I, 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 I do think, I do agree with Heather. I think, though, that sometimes, like, some of the nicest people I've met also are, have been beaten down themselves because they spent a lifetime yeah. of, uh, it, with it, they succeed and then something crazy has happened. And, um, I also you know, think that, crazy sorry, up, you know, there's a lot of people that show themselves as friends and then you're surprised. So then there's a lot of trauma, uh, of trust that goes on from a lot of people who, who you would view as successful but don't realize how vulnerable they are. So I think, you know, I think all through life though, we're looking for people that you can trust, right? I mean, I think too, like the, the artists that are, that are, uh, or in any business for that matter, the people that are secure and confident and who they are and where they stand with whatever business they're in, um, knowing that, that what they do is what they do and, and no one else is in their path, the people that really understand that have no problem and are very willing to help people down their paths. So like even when we were, when, when we were doing the mm -hmm. film, when we were doing the doc, you know, the comedians that were the most generous with Maya in the interviews were the biggest comedians, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, like the biggest guys, the ones that, that you know were confident and, and didn't have... Didn't feel like by yeah, giving her yeah, a piece of that. advice, she was going to somehow, um, it would somehow take something away from themselves by, right. by yeah, giving advice to someone else or uplifting somebody else. You know, it's, 
the people that really, that understand that, that we're all in our own paths and you can uplift the person next to you and help push them forward. And it's not going to in any way slow you down or affect what you're doing or, you know, we're all different and we're all unique and we all offer something different, even in the same, even if we're all comedians or we're all actors or we're all, you know, we're all unique. And when the people that understand that we're all unique and we all offer something different, the people that don't have a problem with propping up the person next to them. Right. Yeah, I think, I think there's a reason uh, for that too with people who are successful, they have an easier time propping other people. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, right. the mm-hmm. thing is is something I've noticed recently and I'm I'm sorry if I'm not hearing you right, but something I've noticed recently in the industry specifically is they're gravitating towards and this is going to kind of be controversial what I'm saying is there are people who are making it in the business now, young comedians or maybe not so young comedians who come from money. Um, the reason they can do well in this industry is because if you come from money, you come with confidence. You're never worried about losing anything. So you can go into, a, you can go into things with, of course I can get this because I've already have these things. I'm not stressed about losing anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the same mm-hmm. thing. So, so you're a little bit more like relaxed. You mm-hmm. can be relaxed cause you've, you, you're not struggling. Right. So like I noticed even when I got my HBO show, when I was writing on divorce, I noticed how, how happy I was with everyone all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> and how support I all of a sudden was very happy for other people's careers and in a way that I've never been before so so supportive I mean because I had something of my my own at the mm-hmm. time and I felt finally like in a place where I can relax mm-hmm. so I think that comes with it it's like I it's why I don't judge people too much for not being as supportive of my career or you know, they may be a little, because if I look at where they're coming from, they're struggling. So mm-hmm. they're, they're going to, they're not, yeah, they're, they don't have room to really help me out because they're trying to help themselves out. Right. So right. I don't really judge them too much on that. And I, I, and I started to see where they come from with that, you know. I, I noticed too, when we did the film, I had an easier time getting a release from like a Phyllis Diller or a Whoopi Goldberg than I did from the waitress of the comedy side. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that's, that's really with, like, that's so funny. Like, I have a whole team for the waitress of the comedy cellar. Like, I, yes. it was, it was, it was an insane experience, and and I think that, um, you know, I, 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 it's so strange. It's so strange. I can't get help down the street, but George Carlin was like, "Whatever you need," you know. Um, yeah, like, see, see, the waitress is like, "I've got, I'm working for tips. I ain't got time to sign this release." No, but she, the waitress isn't a comedian. She wasn't in competition with my. It's like the guys that were hassling her weren't in competition. They're they're not. She's not their competition. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not to say any names, Maya, but this is what goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Just which one? What, like when I, I'm not saying his name. I'm just saying when you ask certain, which one. I'm not saying, but when you ask certain comedians, hey, do you mind talking about the business? I like to talk to you know. It's like, hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm too, but 
Meanwhile, I, I get, you know, I get Marina's like, but I'm you don't know, but, but here's the thing is you but, don't know where they're coming from in a way that but I've known them for years. But here's yeah. the, the yeah. point is, why is what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Well, one thing I want to say to you, Masavia, too, is that somebody who's behind the scenes and somebody who could potentially be a, a manager and has a lot of you've you've actually had a lot of scenarios and you've been like heather knows the same people that i have dealt with in my career that are the same people that you have dealt with that i have finally learned to stop picking up the phone and calling them and i am finding it's almost like a test of faith to the universe that if i truly let go of the wrong people that the right people will show up and not feeling yeah. as though I have to call those old people yeah. for anything. And maybe I feel like I'm missing for a little bit because these guys used to manage me, used to help me. The truth is I'm finding the most amazing people that are showing up in my life. And, and I left, you know, I left New York to be a filmmaker, not a comedian. But now that I'm back in comedy and I'm out here, I'm starting to find people that would never in a million years operate like the people that you used to work with and that I used to work with. But, you know, and it's very, very hard um, navigating that. I think when you're young and in the business, if you don't have the right mentors, um, it's about finding the right people who, who will encourage you. You were one of the people who always encouraged me. Uh, Pam was one of the people who encouraged me. The only options that I've had for good deals and good business making was not listening to my management. It was overriding my management because Dave was telling me, don't go here, don't go there. Stay away from that one. You tell that one, no, that one's mad because of a deal that didn't happen five years ago. What? So, you know, in the same way that Marina's saying, sometimes you don't even know someone's history of why they choose something or don't choose something. And so I think the key is to not take any of it as a lot of this bad behavior as even taking it personal um, in any, in any shape of, of um, what's going on. And I well, you know what, you know what, I, did, I don't take it as personal, uh, but when you know this person for a long time um, and for instance, it, it's, it's, it's a thing of, what kind of person are you when you, when, when the scenario of my son passing away, that mm -hmm. person couldn't even, uh, he couldn't even say, Hey man, I'm sorry about that. But yeah. when I would see him the next time he would go, well, it's just too hard for me. Well, you know, I have a, I have a, so I, I, I don't have sympathy. I, I lose, I, I lose I sympathy that. for that. I understand that. I but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We all have gone through some treacherous, and we all know the part. Not, not, not to bring no, that I'm up. Saying, I'm not bringing that up. Bring but I'm saying, up. We have all been through some treacherous things that some of us haven't even, won't even reveal to each other of where we've been, the levels of trauma of where we've been. Sometimes people, and sometimes people do shut down, and it seems as though they may live in a world that is all a thousand times better than the world we live in. But because of things that, uh, and you know, Pam has been great with this too, because Pam was like, you know, every, all these people, Pam was always like therapy, 
therapy, <laughs> therapy, therapy. And sometimes people, like there are people that I know that I absolutely, that I know that I love that because of something else that was blocking me that I could not let go of something with them or some other thing to be able to open up and express. There are people who I absolutely love more than anything and can't express my love. And it's, 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 it's all, we all have these journeys that we are working through and we don't know why things are turned upside down. You know, the things of, like, why is my, why wasn't my mother still here? You know, why the things that you went through, went through, like, why are we the ones who are chosen with these burdens? I, but I get that. I get, I get what you're saying completely. My, yeah. my, 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 my dilemma is I think when if you lose someone or if something's wrong with you and I can't call you to say, Hey, I'm checking in on you. What's going on? Even if, if I heard this, even if anything, I'm going to call you and check in on you. But what my point is, I don't understand that kind of behavior and I just can't excuse it. And I'm not saying that I dwell on it. I'm not saying that it, it saturates my thoughts, but do you it say hurts. it hurts? But, Sometimes but people say, aren't equipped. I've got a recipe oh. for the behavior, though. What's that? What, what, what's your recipe? My recipe for the behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, the say you're talking about managers right now. Managers are now there's like a, you can get a degree in management, entertainment management. It's a degree. You can get really? A, really? Yeah. Really? You're kidding. I thought I'm they were just that. like. So it's been standardized. So it's no more of the old school handling stuff. <laughs> I love her. I want to know what school. Right. Um, school me. <laughs> I'm going to be walking around the little kindergarten management school like, hey, yeah, they I have think that one's going to be good today. <laughs> Your city, they have it. Go ahead. Sorry. But yeah, um, I have a recipe. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, Heather. No, that's fine. Go. And yeah. like, I have a recipe for this stuff, which is like, um, you live in that lane where you, you kind of outgrow expectations. You're like, okay, I'm definitely not going to have any expectations. You know, you'd never know what people are really coming with, whether they're sincere, totally relate to the thing of, yo, can I make any more friends now? Is it like, <laughs> like finding cool people and just having cool relationships? But um, I, the recipe is pretty basic. It's like, oh, I could eliminate this person and all of their strong personality and everything that they do that feels like an obstacle. And there'll be another one that'll just ping, pop right into place. So my recipe for it is, okay, there's a lesson in this. I'm not going to have any expectations about what this person's going to mean to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely seeing the same lesson. So I just like bite it. I just like grab it by the jugular and just say, okay, this is my lesson. I'm going to digest it and I'm going to digest it here. Mm-hmm. Boom, you know, yeah. like, okay, we're in the den. Am well I going to be Daniel or am that. I going to be the lion? <laughs> How do I want this to go? I want the lesson. So I just, you know, I just I chow like down. Like, yeah, and the lesson for you, Mo, is get rid of those motherfuckers, man. Because let me tell you, I, well, who, um, it was Heather. Where's Heather? Where did she go? Where? I'm here. Oh, she said it. Some people aren't equipped. That's the lesson. Some people are not. They don't have the tools. And it's right. not an excuse. It's not to like excuse behavior that that the, some of us may not see as as 
it's not excusable behavior. Like I, I can't imagine not calling and checking on my best friend if something like that happened. But some people truly, truly at certain points in their lives are not equipped and don't know how to handle it and feel that a phone call would would somehow end up making you feel worse because they don't know what to do because they truly don't know what to do or say and and like it's not an excuse but some people aren't equipped they're just not they just aren't they don't know you know cancer with breast cancer you find out real fast who's equipped and who's not i mean to be completely honest and i told myself to stop start starting sentences with that but it's it's hard for me to admit this but there were a lot of people in my family uh-huh. who weren't there um, and I had to forgive them you know because they weren't equipped uh, uh-huh. I have been there for my family I'm that type of person I'm the person that'll call you up Mo you know that I'll go what's going on with you you know uh-huh. um, how you doing like I just want to check in uh-huh. I, that's just I figured uh-huh. out that's just who I am Mm-hmm. But I'm finding, and I did that with my family. I was always the one who put them together. When things went wrong, I was always the one who was the peacemaker. Well, and I, they needed me, and it was the first time I needed them, mm-hmm. and they weren't there. And it was a painful discovery. Um, and I didn't know if I could, but I did forgive them. And... Because I had, I did have people in my life who were there for me and who gained their wings, you know, mm-hmm. who became mm-hmm. the angels in my life. So, and that's mm-hmm. a gift for you. It wasn't for them. It's for you. Wow. Well, yeah. ladies, I know is... I had, I had um thyroid cancer, and I had surgery, and I only have one child, and my daughter wouldn't go with me to the hospital for my surgery. Really. Nope. Yeah. And then wow. when I went for the biopsy and she wouldn't go and I came back home and it came out to be cancer. I had to go back in a week later and have surgery. She didn't go then either. And I had to accept that. You she know, said, I couldn't uh, pick you up, but I can't come. I can't go. You know, yeah. some people there, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Were, like when my mom passed, my I was in the house through her last, like her last few months. My sister was in Boston University. And um, my sister came back home. My sister has always been the one who has always been like, don't really, mom, don't show up to this. Mom, don't show up to that. Mom, don't show up to this. Mom, don't show up to that. She's always been, she had always been the one who was good at being mentally distant, where I was always very, very attached. When my mom passed, I couldn't cry, but my sister couldn't stop crying. And my sister was built very, very different. She's very, very different from me. So she went, uh, she left after two days. She just couldn't be home. She just couldn't be home. Um, you know, and, and so like, and I didn't understand it because for years I was like, she doesn't want to talk about my mother. Why won't you talk about my mother? And I'm the one who talks about my mother 24 seven playing a record. Like the more I hear her, the more that makes me comfortable. But, you know, it's interesting um, that with my sister, like years later, now she's finally done that shift. But like Heather's saying, some people 
are not, it doesn't, and, it, and the truth is, doesn't really mean that they don't love you any less. It I, just I, means yeah. that some people, some people don't know what to do. I remember when Tony Woods' uh, son passed away and, and Tony's like, well, such and such didn't call me, but that's okay. I know some people don't know what to say and don't know what to do, you know? I so think it's also important at some point to tell people that it hurt, though, yeah. so that they know. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually curious, Pamela, if I, if you don't mind, if I could just ask you, like, mm -hmm. how did you, how did you, did you tell your daughter that, or did you just, does she know? Yeah, she knows. She knows now. We had a long discussion, but we had a, we had a funny relationship growing up. She was the only child, so she was spoiled. And um, used to having her way, and I think that she was afraid. She was really afraid because I told her that I had cancer. She didn't believe me. She didn't believe it at first. So I think for her, the whole experience was I might lose my mother. Mm. So, so she had to separate there. herself. Yeah. yeah, she separate herself, and she knew I have other people that would be there for me. She knew that, but at the mm. same time, I wanted my daughter with me, mm. but she does not does not show emotions she's a dancer actor but she does not show emotions she holds them in because she doesn't want to appear weak because of the fear right yeah that's yeah fear yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's see that's so powerful like like if you have that conversation with someone like that then you find out if it's the fear it doesn't hurt as much right you, you know where it's mm -hmm. coming from mm -hmm. You know, like watching, like hearing Maya talk about her sister, she completely understands why her sister, she just said she's built a certain way. Took me mm -hmm. many, many years, though, to come. Yes, I understand that. It took me years, too, for my daughter. Years. years. I, I years. used to cry. I would call Maya. Maya would get on the phone and call my daughter. I would call Maya and cry. Women and men are different. You know that, right? You ladies well, know yeah. that. But you oh, also okay. so know. we 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 <laughs> like I'm only man here. I mean, look, I'm listen, different. listen, we take this, we take it different. I mean, you actually logic, you you all made sense. And the and other thing you. is, is that you're I heard, talking, you're talking about a friend of yours that has never really handled emotions head on. You know, you sure. have you have to look. You know, sure. the beauty of comedy and the arts is it's all built on designing characters. It's all built on, but, but, you know. But see, so, I'm, so, not, so I'm, not, you, I'm not, I do understand it because I'm I'm, I look at I, it. But yes, I, I, but you, you have, right. but you also need to, you can't emotionally, you know, one thing we've taught, as taught as artists is that you can't intellectualize an emotion. You can't intellectualize uh, behaviors. There's a difference in understanding like emotionally where something happens and where something is, you know, people, you know, people go into scenarios and they just, they freeze in a certain way. And, uh, you know, like, like Marina was talking about, you don't even know who you are till something happens. I remember I was talking about this with Pam yesterday. Pam, Pam was at this Apollo. They tried to boom me off at the Apollo. And I just started comedy. It was like six months in. And I yelled, shut the hell up. And the room just stopped. And it was like, when you push comes to shove and your back goes against the wall, you find out who you are. Uh -huh. But some people are running from who they are. And some people, and it's a shame because some people are so loved that if only they saw 
what really all people see and, and, and life is made of mistakes and overcoming mistakes and, and you, we are all in this process of working through who we are. You know, Marina, it's interesting. You talk about your manager and, and, and you know, some people are really not well. And, and like Pam has been saying for years, people do aren't, they're not, they're not well, but I was talking today about someone who was Leslie Jones's manager and, I, and we laughed because we were submitting an SNL thing and we were cracking up and we're, I, she's like, Leslie Jones is how old? She's in her fifties. I said, yeah, I'll never forget her manager said, well, she's never going to make it. And so, well, she got turned out live. Yeah. Well, she's a writer. She's never going to be on screen. And then we were just, we were, and now she's on screen. <laughs> And it's like, and it's like, and it's like, so that's the same person who told me I was going to make it. So now I'm inspired and, you know, and we hold these things, but it's also, it's also the key is you cannot get disheartened in your business to be able to say, there are more people out there like me. I need to keep searching and I might even have to change cities, but I will find those people because my dream is more important. And I can't tell if somebody is jealous or, or if they're hurting and broken down. I mean, some, you know, the scenarios of what you're talking about, you're talking about scenarios that, that um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of, of brokenness. That's it. Brokenness. Why would somebody not pick up the phone and call you at that time? A lot of brokenness and a lot of unresolved challenges in somebody. Hurt people, life. hurt people. And it doesn't, and, and you could have all the money in the world and, and it doesn't mean nothing. You know, mm-hmm. you can have all, you can have all the success and everyone thinks you're the greatest person like me and Heather or have a friend that is, we think is the greatest person like we have ever really worked with. Just crazy brilliant. But like, you know, this, this Hollywood dream will make you think that you're worth nothing. And if you made some crazy choice in your personal life and your history and this and that, that you can't um, recover from that. You know, it was, you know, so interesting of, you know, people talking about what was, I can't remember what show they were talking about David in the Bible and David, you know, in Bathsheba and all the mistakes and this and that. The key is you lead the best you can. You shine the best you can. Your friends, their friends that are probably looking at you, Mo, that say, I wouldn't, I can never have the courage to stand and keep standing and hold together with what he went through. I mean, like listening to Marina's story, I'm just like, and now I like, it's funny listening to Marina. I'm like, no wonder Tony Woods loves her. Like Tony Woods loves Marina. Like Tony is like, you don't understand. You don't understand, it's Marina. I'm like, but I'm like, okay, yeah, Marina seems cool. He's like, no, you don't understand. And now listening to your journey, Mm Um, yeah. It makes me yeah. like. Aw, Tony says that he doesn't Tony, say that to me. Tony <laughs> talks about like, like he yeah, is he like does. you don't understand how important she is to me. How much Aww. I absolutely like he has okay. so much like That's he's beautiful. got like a love where you have to be like Tony, sit down, calm down, is okay. <laughs> like he's like you're like dude, he is like so you know he's so passionate, you know, yeah. and and so. We, we all are on a really incredible journey here, you know? And, and like I said, even with this, this idea of all coming together and talking, Heather and I have been trying to do little podcasts and conversations forever. I'm like, how come I feel good after this one? Because it really, it really matters. And, you know, Pam knows how much she means to me. Heather has been in the war like a ground zero war of, of career. We've been with these films and projects. And it's funny just talking with Felicia the other day, we spoke, we went back and forth in text and it's just, 
it just there's there's so much um you feel a higher connection to someone um when they're kind of on the same trajectory am i saying something that matters am i am, am i uplifting people am, am i this am i am i your tribe you know you know i used to work with, like with townsend all the time robert townsend robert would always come and help me and heather at projects and robert robert would say wait you got you're my tribe and it was like i never really thought of it and it's funny because as much as you know like 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 we were saying like you know dave being a support and being part of like oh you understand music you understand Shakespeare. You understand theater. You understand this and that. So you go like, oh, that's that's more my tribe. Heather's from the Hoofers, tap dancers, and Broadway, and knows that she knows everything. I'm like, that's my tribe. And then Felicia's like, well, I'm an actress and an activist, and I'm like, oh, I don't mind posting that. Like, oh, I, you know, did Felicia see that? Or Pam, did you check that? Or, you know, so Masavia, you are unique because you ain't you, part of the tribe no you are you are you are you, you found are, your tribe you, yeah. you over there you and, on that tribe you're right. you're, and you have you have a leadership ability you have a coolness you have a thing that people look to you do you ever have a parent or somebody in your life that you go i just know they're always okay and then they get older and you go oh my god they're not okay it's like waking up when you realize your grandparents, like when I might, when I finally realized my grandparents really needed help, they were the most powerful, independent people. Well, you need help. Like they had to say me, I'm like, no, you understand. We can't do this and this anymore. Your grandmother's yeah. got Alzheimer's. She can't do this and this anymore. And I was like, it was an awkward conversation. And so in that way, just because someone's young, just because someone's doing well, just because people love them, just because they are wearing nice clothes, it doesn't mean that something might not be broken Santa inside nice of them. My... And it doesn't mean that they don't love you. Love <laughs> you. Yeah, exactly. And no, they don't, I was just saying you say my clothes are nice. No, your clothes are nice. But, you, you know, but I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, though? It doesn't mean that people, and it does, it does not mean in any way that people don't love you. It's I love you, Mo. We love you, took, Mo. You took you care of me. Mo took care of me when my heart was broken. Do you remember that? I crashed at your house. I was so, my heart was so broken. I just oh. slept on that couch. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. And you took care of me, Mo. You took care of me like a little sister. You were like, it's going to be all right. Just, just go to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that, Mo? When I, I went to your house? I, I forgot who was which one broke my heart that oh, day. Oh yeah, you were going through it. I, I can't remember. She said that day. <laughs> I remember when Mo, when Mo was going through it, breaking the. I was like, Mo, go downstairs and just sleep on the couch. <laughs> oh, it's like a family yes. of sleep on the couches. Oh my god! It's like just go downstairs and sleep on the couch. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. It's like a family of, but that's what I'm saying, Mo. You like you know you don't realize how much and as much as you've been through you pick people up all the time everyone comes to you so when you think of someone that's that strong that is going through a challenge sometimes you don't know what to say yeah. everybody who everybody who loves a little drop of mo just raise your hand just a little drop of mo. all right all right <laughs> I, love, I love the way Mo, Mo comes in too because i'll be at the cellar and i'll be talking shit and i'll be doing all this and then mo just it, it's your rhythm, man. It's slow and it just, it, it comes in sideways. And you're like, you just come in, you're like, hey, you know, I've been thinking about you lately. You all right? Like, is everything good? And you're like, what? 
No, I, I just want to talk to you. You know, whenever you want to call me, just call me sometime. You know, it's so it's all good. It's just a different pet. You're like, I, you know, you at the cellar, you're like this, and then Mo comes in. He's like, I just <laughs> let you know. He does that in all friend, like in, in any frantic situation. He is always the guy uh, who will. You don't ever have to turn around and look over your shoulder with. You don't ever have to look over your shoulder with you. You're you're very much a leader. I know sometimes you. May, you know, you may feel like, you know, we all feel like, am I turned around? Am I going the right direction? Have I lost my, did I just say something stupid? I say, no, all that, all that <laughs> stuff. You know, like when Pam has need something, I call Pam. I am used to 20 years of just talking straight to Pam and Pam going, yep, nope, nope, yep, <laughs> yep, nope. Now Heather's talking back. She used to be, yep, nope. Would just look at me like, are you crazy? <laughs> you know and then when you see your strong when you see someone strong like heather never shows any emotion she just then eventually she'll just be like <laughs> just break down yeah, like, she what? That. like what <laughs> here's a picture of the lasagna you want to see it yeah. yeah it doesn't look that good it. okay let's talk okay let's see it's like, it's like kind of Mm. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Oh, yeah. right. All right. Top of that. Right. That's like, cause I'm a vegan now, so that's uh, like, oh, that's <laughs> that's the nut parm. Make the oh, Italian. Make the Italian oh, pass oh. out. Look now, this is this is how Italian I am. They have vegan cheese, Let me though. get my real lasagna, cause you know I have to have a lasagna picture on my phone to be like. Oh, is, here she goes. You know. <laughs> No, it's I'm sorry, it's an Italian thing. Well, this was my my rush job for the podcast. So if it doesn't look as good, that's because I was rushing to get here. It looks beautiful though. I just don't wow. know if it's on top. I, I, I would like that's to the try best that. vegan lasagna I've ever seen. <laughs> really? <laughs> Heather used to Marina, eat you don't eat any, I, I was you vegan. You don't eat any cheese. You don't eat any cheese or any any No, no, no dairy. Wow. Yo, all Nothing I gotta say egg. Is, I've been looking for I've been looking like a crazy oh here's my lasagna. No sugar. Oh, no. I eat oh, sugar on oh, here's my lasagna. Sounds very Italian. All the her lasagna is definitely gonna beat mine. Let me take my oh, look. Whoa. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now that's Italian. Sorry. <laughs> well that's real cheese. Yeah. You know, it's funny. That's I just, real, I, now that's I, real cheese. <laughs> I was talking to Rocco today. Gotta use the, 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 and the garlic has to be minced. You know, it's minced. A lot of people don't tell you, but it's got to be minced. And so I was no, like, that, I just mid layer. That's mid layer there. Look at that. That's oh, is that meat? Um, well, look, I can do a chopped meat sauce or I can do without <laughs> meat, but this is the one with meat, but you can do it without meat. I just don't know what to do with the cheese. I can give you all the recipes, but if you're not eating ricotta or, or no, parmesan, cheese though. Look, man, no, 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 no. But no, vegan no. cheese doesn't really melt. Okay, let me tell you this. I, yeah, have, I won't do the I vegan am, cheese. I'm going nuts in LA. I've had to go look from city to city to find the right Parmesan. And I finally found the right Parmesan. And what I made the cutlets the other day. And what it, Heather was like, it's the best chicken cutlet you ever had. It's because they didn't have the right cheese mm. in Los Angeles. Yeah. They don't uh, have like, the right regatta. So I have to, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah, this is beautiful. I can smell the garlic, though. That's what I'm happy about. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love the garlic, garlic is good. I love yeah. garlic. Oh, I love garlic. Me too. I can I love smell it. Yeah. This, I made this vegan lasagna at the beginning of the pan, 
this like in March, right? Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. just got a recipe book because someone had put on Facebook. They were like, stop saying you don't know how to cook. There's so many recipe books. And I was like, oh, that's right. So <laughs> I made this and then I ate it and I was like, oh my God, this is delicious. <laughs> I can't believe it. I've never made lasagna and this is so good. And uh, so I made it again tonight. You know what's interesting? My, okay, listen, this is good. Full circle. My cousin, my, I got a cousin, my cousin Rachel is the only one that took the recipes in America from the family. She's the only one who listened because everybody was, my other cousin was, her sister was becoming a lawyer and I was doing the, I was like, I'm going to be, into, I don't need to learn these recipes. So now she's the only one who was a nice Italian girl, got all of my grandmother's recipes and my Aunt Nettie's recipes. Mm. So now she's dating this bodybuilder dude. I mean, Rachel's oh. recipes are the best ever. And now she's gone vegan. Uh, so she's I think got I might the, go back to vegan. So she's got the best Italian recipes. I got to mm -hmm. call her for the. I'm going to call her. Do you, have real, do you really have more energy? Do you think being a vegan? Karina? I don't notice the difference, to be honest, because I make <laughs> sure I have all of the, the vitamins and I don't know. Who knows? I haven't been work. I haven't been really active lately. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just go up and down the stairs these days. Heather used to be. I just vegan. go to check the mail, Mo. Come on now. Heather what do you think? I'm doing spots at the comedy oh, cellar you now. <laughs> that is so funny. I, I ride a bike. I, I feel good riding my bike. All right, all right, guys. We are. Well, we Heather, are. wait, wait. Yeah. Heather used to be a vegan. Heather. <laughs> Heather had no energy when she was a vegan. When I met her, she was a vegan. We'd be on the set of the film. The camera would be this big. I was like, can you film behind the scenes? I get the camera back. She's breathing like. Oh, oh it's the heaviest camera ever. Like literally she's breathing on every freaking shot from that camera. I seriously, not take I your B12? I did not take beat. I didn't do anything. I gained weight. My face broke out. I look like shit. Really? It was terrible. But now I kind of want to go back to it because I think I could do it right, maybe. She went back. She had it. She broke down. She was years as a vegan. Then she broke yeah. down and had a steak. Her color came back. She looked fabulous. Like, <laughs> I did. Like, within two weeks, my skin cleared up. Well, it you can, so you can do it now so much better now. A lot easier now. I, I, was, a, I was a vegetarian in college. And it was horrible. People didn't treat yeah. you right. They didn't have any of the food that they have yeah. now. My dad would make fun of me at barbecues. He'd be like, baby, look at this meat. You know? <laughs> it's like my oh, parents. Baby, look at this. <laughs> you know, and I'd be my like, parents were like, what do you eat? Sauce. I'd be like, barbecue sauce. But now there's so much you can do. Yeah. And there's oh, so yeah. many supplements. Like I take all the vitamins and the b12 and it yeah. actually my skin is better i feel like it's Fabulous. much better yeah mm. so thank you you too maya <laughs> yeah hey, i got a diva right. light on me okay so <laughs> you hey, diva light. we, we got to close this Mo's up trying here. to stop us we gotta no i mean ladies please but i just want to know let you know there's a time on it so is there there he it is. was over like an hour ago <laughs> <laughs> it's the He's got no power now that Mike's not here. He's the only guy. I have no way to shut this down. <laughs> he ain't shut us down. I, 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 I love it. I, I love it. 
I love it. This has love been it. a this has been wonderful. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And just hearing your, all your perspectives and it's just it's been I mean, seriously, I can't tell you how powerful this is. So Aww. well it was great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So each if each one of you want to close it out with something inspirational, that would be nice. Heather. Why do I always have to go first? Heather. Like I should be prepared for this. Yeah, you noticed know now. I know, but I wasn't ready for it. Oh, I, thought, right. I thought we went so long we might skip it. No, that's how it goes out. Pam, no, why don't you go is, first? This, this is the signature. We close it out like this. I know. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go first. I got a lot to say. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> um. <sighs> yeah, this is hard. I don't know. This is really hard. Okay, I'll, okay, I'll say this. <laughs> <laughs> from this, uh, from tonight's conversation, um, I think I am very inspired by all of the strength in the people that were here tonight and everybody, um, what everybody has, has come, uh, what everybody has gone through and what they've gotten past and what they've triumphed over and been able to, to really, you know, making art out of your tragedy or what could have been your tragedy. Right, that actually helps you to grow and 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 I'm not saying this well at all. You're saying it very well. But what I'm trying to say is I'm very inspired by the strength of everybody here because I feel like everybody has triumphed over something and has has gone through a lot of things and has come out the other side beautifully and has put that into their art and, mm -hmm. and been able to create something that is, I imagine, um, you know, powerful and moving that they can share with other people and make a difference in other people's lives with what they've gone through in their own life. And that is inspiring. So mm. thank you. That's beautiful. Yeah. That is thank so you, Heather. good. Thank you, Heather. I don't thank want you. to follow it. That's how good that Felicia. was. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna call you out, Felicia. Where? No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. God. no, uh so much came out but the thing that the kernel that i'm going to walk away with is that bit about like that's what art does so when you meet those obstinate people or those obstacles or those trials that feel um contrary to the big deal or the next check or whatever it feels contrary to and i the first thing i said was live in the lesson like i'm going to be right there and i'm going to be in it but the other thing is that's what art does. So anytime you get in that space and the obstacle is about to swallow you or the obstacle is again, putting that barrier between you and I don't know, the epiphany or you and the nirvana of art. Just remember that's what art does. So those, those people that we, those people that are around us, the people that surround us, the people that, you know, the managers, the handlers and all of the, you know, the ill-minded people who are not fans who chase you down to throw garbage on you or whatever that is. That's what art does. It gets into the, it gets into that space and it shakes up the emotional intelligence <coughs> of the 21st century. And, you know, that's who we are as people. And we just kind of have to go with it, even when it sucks. That's, that's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Maya. Uh, I just come, just I'm now in my head from what Felicia said that, and also in my head from what Heather said. One, 
I am um, really just blown away at uh, your tenacity and grace, uh, Marina. Um, and it's just, it's all over you of like a kind of a woman that you are. And, you know, I'm inspired and uh, I, I, I just, you know, it's funny. You have friends that love other, you have friends that are like, oh, these are friends that I love. And then you never really sit and talk to them. And then you hear all they've been through and you're like, oh my, it's like, it's mind blowing. So I'm completely inspired by you. And I just, this, this whole group is just like Felicia was saying, there is a level of, um, there's two things. It's a combination of what I think Heather and Felicia were just saying too. Um, when you have people around you that are in your life that make you want to be better because they inspire you. And I think that, and I know that I'm inspired by um, everybody on here that makes me go like, mm, makes me really think about my own issues or my own challenges or why didn't I, why did I let myself feel so bad about this manager or that relationship or, you know, so I'm inspired in that level. And, and then also to let nothing get between me and the art because I do the art for me and that other um, levels of, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm, I'm bumbling now, but I, I feel like the other things that go on, um, let them follow because usually when you stand tall and you're, you just say, listen, I, this is my art and don't mess with this place. I think people ultimately respect it, but I think it's when you, when you, when you wobble off it and, or are scared and, you know, I'm learning now to work in an uncomfortable, uncomfortable places that I haven't um, previously. I've been really safe in my parameters of what I do. And now that I'm allowing myself to be uncomfortable, I'm really starting to feel like, wow, this is a new place for me to just trust uh, that the right people will be around me. And so that's what, you know, and so this conversation just really, it really instills it and makes you really rethink it. And I'm just super inspired by all of you. Thank you, Maya. That's beautiful. Pam. Um, I feel inspired. I'm grateful, thankful. I learned a lot tonight. Um, I realize people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And sometimes we don't understand why they're in your life, but they're there to serve a purpose. And whatever that purpose is, you got to learn from it and you grow from it. And sometimes you got to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. There's a lot of growth and pain. Without pain, how do we come into the, to the earth? You know, that's how you grow. No matter what you go through, it may be some pain, it's growing pains, but I learned a lot in life. I've been through a lot and I love this group right here. I really do. It, you know, it taught me a lot. Tomorrow I have therapy at 1230. <laughs> my therapist know me well. I'm not afraid to drop my baggage anywhere. If I'm safe, I drop it because I can't carry it. It's too heavy. And if somebody want to pick it up and drag it with them, by all means. <laughs> but I think therapy is the best thing for me because I, I could be vulnerable. I could be myself. And I don't have any secrets. Anybody who knows me, know I don't hold on to secrets. If, if there's something about me and I'm in pain, I'm going to talk about it. Because if I don't talk about it, it's going to take me out. And you got to look out for mm -hmm. your strong friends. Watch your strong friends because your strong friends are the ones that need the help the most. Because you may think, oh, they're so strong. You know, I know they got it. Sometimes they don't. And you just got to know when to check in. Like you say, check in. And Mo, mm -hmm. your friend maybe didn't know what to say because he's broken. We are broken. And I learned not to expect. Expectations will let you down every time. Mm 
every time. Yeah. It's sacred you can get from them. Mm-hmm. Love them anyway. We all need love. Remember, I told you my word is love. It always go back to love. We all need love. Love them anyway. Love him through his pain. Yeah. And maybe he can love you through yours. I'll try. Okay. Well, you can do is try, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pammy. You're uh, welcome. Marina, you are our guest uh, this was... evening. Can you close us out? And... Wow, that was, this is like really hard. <laughs> also, I was like, in the words of Iceberg Slim, <laughs> I think he said something like, these holes are really smart. <laughs> uh, no, I, <laughs> should we close it out there? No. Uh, <laughs> these holes <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you guys, you know what? It's so it's so funny because when Mo first let me know about the show, at first I was like, man, Mo, what you doing? But I was like, I have to do this for Mo because, like I said, it's, it's the people that come into your life. Um, you don't know why they're there, but they're there for a reason. Um, I've known Mo for years, and I'm meeting you all, except for Maya, for the first time now. I feel like I've met you, Felicia, but it's like I became, I feel like, like this group, I feel like we've been here. I feel like we know each other. I didn't have to, in any way, the walls were already down, and I felt like I could be very comfortable in this conversation with you, and that was that's something that I've learned through everything I've been through is that there are people, the, the kindness of strangers is sometimes the most beautiful thing in the world. You know, sometimes do let you down, but it's the kindness of strangers that is just the most beautiful thing in the world because we do actually know each other and you all have earned your wings today <laughs> with me. Look at I did it. I did it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> no, you did. You all are just, you've really just thank you Mo for letting me be a part of this because I needed it more than I I knew I did, you know? Thank you. Thank you. You're all very beautiful. Pamela, just hearing you talk and hearing your story was just amazing. And Felicia, knowing that, you know, everything that you say is just so perfect that I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, those four kids, they better know who they got. And Heather, you smile. You're not (laughs) German-like. you always have been you've always inspired me when i watched your stand-up i was just blown away um and i look up to you i always have looked up to you i've always had the most respect and admiration for you because where you were was much tougher than where i started and i i appreciate that journey and I think it was much easier for me because of you. And I think oh. you need to know that, that, that a lot of comics should know that about you. And, um, yeah. And oh, I, and you. I, 
if there was one piece of advice I would give to you, Maya, it would be to look them in their eyes because you have beautiful eyes that when they stare at a person, it's deep. It's deep and it's good. So, oh, thank I already you. said a lot about I said a lot about you, Mo. So you got it. <laughs> uh, I, I, so. No, this is true. I love hearing this about Maya. This is true. This is all Maya. This, that, she's spot on. Yeah, it's dangerous, yeah. man. Those eyes reveal so much, <laughs> and they're so good. Um, and that's that's your that's your beauty, and that's your power. Oh, well, that's all of our power, really. But thank um, so, thank you for having me. Oh, thank I'm, you I'm for being so here. grateful. Thank you for your time, and thank you everybody for being on, and uh, Felicia for now joining the team, and and like the, Pam and Heather for always being like shoulders that that keep me going, you know. And so I'm just like, there's so much. So I'm just that's my favorite people. How do I not? That's like, how can you? I couldn't even think of a title. So I'm like, my favorite people, and they're all my favorite people. So you're like my layers yeah. of lasagna. <laughs> I can't wait to try your lasagna. <laughs> Wait, did Mo say things? Did Mo finish out? Mo, oh, you no. what you think, Mo? No, no, no. I, I, you, you guys said it all. I mean, see, I'm, you I'm, managed I'm... to get out of it every time. Yeah, Mo, I saw that. I said, wait a minute, Mo. Come on, give us something. Well, Come on. I'm gonna say, I'm, at, I'm just in all of all of you. I, you are amazing women, and the world is a better place. And us guys can learn from you. Okay. And what you offer, you are all incredible women, seriously. And beyond show business, but and just in all of just incredible people, seriously. Um, and so I am glad to be a part of this. Yeah. And I'm lucky today. I'm the only guy today. So I, I, I get to... <laughs> I got to learn something today. So, um, and that, and that way I'm, I'm going to, I'm inspired. Thank you. Prayer hands. Thank you. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we all Thank end in prayer you. hands. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Very yoga. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> no, I'm not going to stay. I'm leaving. <laughs> all right. Good all right. Night. Thank you Bye. guys. Good night. Bye everyone. Bye. Enjoy. Bye. Manja, manja. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha.